I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Kill, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. We got a big, big show in front of us here today uh, because we are going to be answering the questions from you people, the people. Mailback questions for the very first time here on Reception. You know, we uh, we like the sound of our voice so much, Matt, that uh, we generally don't do mailback questions, <laughs> but we got some great questions coming in uh, this week, and uh, we're going to tackle that today. Yeah, a listener was actually the one who just reached out to me. He was like, hey, it would be cool if you guys did like a mailbag, uh, you know, just every now and again. And yeah. the funny thing, the funny thing about it is that like mailbag segments, one, I mean, are so easy because uh, it's, sure. it's just, you know, layup content. Right. And mm-hmm. also, I know you feel the same way. Sometimes we come on the show and like, God, what do you want to talk about? Right. Like, even though we have <laughs> a, a take on everything and, you know, yeah. so it's sometimes it's good to just get what the people want to know and like for sure just dive in that way and and i will uh, give a shout out to uh, our folks i solicited a lot of these from uh, our discord some on twitter too uh and you guys brought great questions which is awesome and nobody was like and i did say don't send these in but still nobody was like should i start this guy or that guy should i drop this guy for that like it was good <laughs> deep questions so shout out okay. to the reception perception yeah. listeners and subscribers yeah, no doubt. Um, I was talking to my buddy about this. Uh, my buddy just subscribed to our podcast and um, one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, but we were having dinner last night and, um, and he's like, man, um, I just got got it started getting to your podcast and you guys are freaking hardcore. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the market that we're going after. You know, we're yeah, going after the yeah. hardcore football fan. That's um, right. And yeah, it's like, you know, we, we, we bridge that gap between fantasy and real life as best as we can anyways. Uh, but yeah, man, that is what we're getting into. And, and so it doesn't surprise me that our listeners are this way. Right. And so when your listeners are this way, you know, you're going to get some fantastic questions, which I think we got um, as well. All right. But I, I do want to start the show with a little bit of a website update here mm-hmm. uh, for you. Josh Allen fans. OK, we've got a great piece coming out from our uh, quarterback guru, Derek Klassen, uh Josh Allen profile against Miami 
is going to be hitting the site. Um, as a matter of fact, it should be on the site when you listen to this program. So uh, go check that out. It's a great piece, really insightful stuff uh, from Derek Class in regards to Josh Allen, who he said played the best game he's ever seen Josh Allen play. I would mm-hmm. co-sign that. I thought he was incredible. I mean, just an absolute like surgical against Miami. So um, go read the piece. You, you'll, you'll get some great information, some great nuggets uh, from Derek Klassen there. But uh, our guy Matt Harmon, of course, uh, give the people what they want, man. They want updates. What do we got coming out relatively soon here on the, on the website? Yeah, the good thing is a lot of these uh, guys are actually going to come up in the mailbag segment. So there you go. we will talk about them here on the show, but hoping to post something on uh, the following players. Some of them will get individual articles. All of them will be in the in-season tracker. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, weeks two and four. Uh, Quinton Johnston charted out his uh, you know, debut, his first start in place of Mike Williams. Calvin Ridley, uh, I'm going to have something on weeks one, three, and four. And he, I wow. will actually have a full article out. Uh, uh, Puka Nakua, week four, got him in. Uh, Zay Flowers, week four. And the last two games for mm, Rasheed Rice, who we got a lot of questions about. Uh, so yeah, a lot of guys, but by the way, I, I love that Classen has a Josh Allen profile, which is great just because, uh, and I, I also especially again, another shout out to our, our people here in the discord, my mm-hmm. favorite, when I ask every week for like, who should I chart? Like 99% of people want rookies, which is, I mean, you can tell I'm doing a lot of rookies here, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, my yeah. favorite are the people who are like, yo, chart AJ Brown, like treat yourself, you know, Tre- <laughs> treat yourself to one of like your longtime guys. That's like right. an elite exactly. receiver. So I love yeah, the class. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Who do right. I want to do for week three? How about Josh freaking Josh Allen? Allen. <laughs> Let's go. I love it, man. I love it. Good stuff. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. So we got a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of content coming out to the website, receptionperception.com. Uh, by the way, I always say this for the end of the show. Might as well do it at the beginning. Uh, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, do us a solid and hit that subscribe button. That would be great. All right. You talk about some of these uh, great wide receivers that you've been on early and often. Um, I just want to give you your flowers on freaking <laughs> Brandon. Ayuk, my dog, because man, how much did you get shat on last year for your takes on Brandon? Ayuk, man. I mean, it was rough in the, in the streets, baby. It was crazy. People coming for you, bro. So I'm just saying yeah. now that he has come out and just absolutely just started dunking on defenders, man, I want you to take your flowers, bro, because you deserve it. Look, uh, honestly, it was really 2021 was the toughest, uh, especially when he you know, was in the doghouse early on. Oh, that God. Year. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. That was that was probably I think I've joked before that that was probably like the darkest time of my whole career. You know, by the way, the first year we launched the website too, where I'm yeah, like, oh my god, oh like, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this boy. is nobody's nobody's gonna subscribe to the site. You know, I'm yeah. like, I'm like talking to my wife about it. That's how broken up I am about this whole Iuke thing. Um, but you look, yeah, obviously last year he had a breakout season. A uh, thousand yards was the team's leading receiver. He was really, really good. Uh, his reception perception results were great from last year as well. But um, yeah, I, I really think you're seeing him like fully formed this year. He, he looks incredible. He looks like a incredible. top five. He looks incredible. like a top five receiver. Okay, and like that's not exaggeration. He really is playing like at that level. And he played at an extremely high number one type of receiver level last year. And yeah, I mean, look, I know that it can be frustrating when I start telling you like these guys are really, really good and then it doesn't come in the stat sheet. But, you know, it takes 
time. It takes the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think, yeah, Brandon Ayuk, like he has definitely improved his game every single step of the way. You know, I've actually never talked to Ayuk before, but I've talked to like Debo. I've talked to Kittle about like his uh, McCaffrey as well. Literally all the 49ers stars except uh, <laughs> Ayuk I've had a chance to, to talk to and like pick yeah. their brain. And they all rave about like his preparation and the work that he's put in. And, you know, by the way, this is one thing um, I, people also roll my eye, roll their eyes when I talk about like receiver blocking. But I swear to you, and I, I this is like I'm swearing to you with like 80 percent certainty <laughs> that the reason he got out of the doghouse was like he started blocking his ass off in that in that offense. It has to be, has to be. It, it has. Come to on, be. dude. Has to be. You know, Shanny loves him a, a blocking wide receiver, dude. You got to get that outside zone running and cooking, baby. So you got to block out there, dude, for sure. So yeah, I think um, that was definitely something you saw in that midway of the twenty twenty one season when he was really out there like <laughs> busting blocks, you know, and, and making keep like because I mean Shanahan has said this stuff publicly like he doesn't care what these guys put up in the stat sheet. He cares about running the plays, executing the plays, and 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 winning games, obviously. Uh, right. And that is part of it. Like in order to execute plays, sometimes as a wide receiver, you got to clear out in the pass game and you got to clear out in the run game. And Ayuk has definitely done that. So. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm obviously super happy that he's been he's been cooking like this. Look, man, I, I mean, just I mean, with, we could talk about the analytics all you want, like all the great routes that he runs, uh, and again, just the the intermediate area of the field is where this man dominates, right? And Brock, and, mm-hmm. and by the way, perfect marriage with what Brock Purdy does well. Uh, if you look at the quarterback data from Derek Klassen too, right? It's just a perfect marriage right now uh, with what they got. Uh, but man, uh, you could talk about those things, but just I mean, from a narrative standpoint. I mean, you talk about the strong hands. You talk about the big plays that he's making. He's winning downfield. He's a big, physical, burly receiver underneath. He's bullying smaller guys. He's going in over the top. I mean, honestly, he's doing literally everything um, that you want from a superstar receiver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's and he's playing everywhere on the field too. You know, so right. man, he's been great. He has been incredible. Um, so this I just, offense. Yes. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I just wanted to say I want to, again, bring it up because I'm just saying again, when when you don't I mean, when they don't hit in the statistical stat sheet, OK, people start coming for you, my boy. So I'm just saying, let me just let me just try to hype you up a little bit here, because I mean, you know, you you've been talking about Brandon Ayuk from the jump and here he goes. He's now all of a sudden uh, entering superstardom, which I love. Well, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. And, and this offense really is like when they have an X receiver that's doing what Ayuk is doing, it just takes it to a whole nother level. Like it opens up so many things like the gadget stuff with, with Debo is really cool. And like he does do real wide receiver things, but it's not like what Ayuk does. And it just opens that verticality of the offense. And right. Look, you have to like McCaffrey and Ayuk, And then obviously all these other guys layered in it's just, but those two specifically are such an unfair combination because it's a lot like what, and this is such a small scale thing, but Last year, the Raiders, they had Josh Jacobs leading the NFL in rushing because teams are so bent out of shape uh, with what do we do with Devontae Adams? Do we do we right. too high? Do we bracket? You can't put a safety down in the box then. And think about now defense is playing the 49ers. You know you got to worry about this run game. Well, congratulations. Yep. Then you've got a guy who's going to eat up space there in Ayuk. And, yeah, he's been incredible. And, honestly, it's like the same with Nico Collins in Houston, by the way. Same offensive system. Another another, another slow burn guy for uh, reception mm-hmm. perception. Yeah, well, no kidding. He played with Kyle Allen at times last year. <laughs> now he's playing with C.J. Stroud, like who's a dude. 
you know, X receivers right. that can win and separate and, and um, you know, win also add extra yards after the catch, which Nico has been right. doing leads all players, I think in yards after catch um, it's, it just takes these offenses, Bobby Slowick's in Houston, Kyle Shanahan's mm-hmm. in San Francisco. It just takes them to a whole nother level. And I mean, it's not the same exact thing, but it's pretty similar to like Stefan Diggs and back in the Minnesota days where I'm sorry, but like I'll always chase these guys, you know, I'll always chase yeah. um, right. these players who show it from an individual standpoint that they can be elite players and the circumstances aren't there. But when, now, when the circumstances catch up, you know, you want to be there first. And and uh, I think we were definitely there with with Ayuk. I mean, this the efficiency that this man is showing right now is just off the charts, right? 85% catch rate, 320 yards receiving. He's averaging 18.8 yards per reception. You look at like the top 30 wide receivers right now in terms of uh, total yardage. There's there's no one. There's no one that has his catch rate and no one that has his yards per reception. I just want you to think about that for a second, guys. When you start talking about players that have, you know, over 15 yards per reception, that means they're seeing downfield shots. If you're seeing downfield shots, your catch rate should not be that high. You know what I'm saying? So he is not just, I mean, not only is he making big plays, he's doing it consistently. An 85% catch rate is out of bounds for averaging nearly 19 yards of reception. It just... Those two things are not supposed to work together, man. It's absolute insanity. Uh, what we're seeing right now from Brandon Ayuk, he's playing out of his mind, out of his mind, God level stuff here uh, from Brandon Ayuk. All right, well, that's enough of your flowers. All right, let's go yeah, to the other yeah. end of the spectrum. Okay, <laughs> oh, can we can we both take a moment? Okay, I know we're only four weeks into the season, but there are, there are certain truths that we've got now. Four weeks in, man. Can we can we take a look back at our, our preseason 2023 takes and can we do a 2023 take mulligan? All right. Okay. I, I start by giving you the flowers, man. But what are we taking a mully on right now, four weeks in? Well, it's gotta be, and it's not necessarily like we were, oh yeah, the Steelers are gonna make this big leap, but we talked a lot about the Steelers offense and how they could take a leap based on the talent sure. on the roster. And this roster is, I mean, well, this offense is terrible. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. And you, <laughs> know, what, so you know what actually, you know what pisses me off about this, James? <laughs> oh, it's so is bad. that like everybody hates Matt Canada now? Like he has to be the the fact that there was a burner account yesterday, people thought that did you see this with yeah, Matt did you see Canada? That? Like did well, you see number that? one, obviously it's not Matt Canada's burner account, but just the fact that um pe- there was actually somebody out there defending Matt Canada led to the entire internet speculating that it was Matt Canada's burner account because everyone hates Matt Canada now. Yo, we hated on Matt Canada before it was freaking cool, before it was like the coolest thing to do in the world. <laughs> we were there in like the er- the late career Ben Roethlisberger days and like, oh, right. why is you know Deontay Johnson have this yards per target and Ben, it's like, throwing- well, have you seen the offensive? We were- we've been talking about Matt Canada's. Yeah high Mm -hmm. school offense since before it was cool but you know what we did dude we ignored the play caller and like you know i I think we looked too much at like the players and how they fit into the right roles but yeah dude i i want not i don't even just want to take mulligan on this one i want to like go back and slap the shit out of myself for the Steelers (laughs) stuff like i want i want the earth seconds back that i burned talking about the Steelers offense in the offseason I mean, we, we really gassed him up. 
I mean, you know, yeah. it's like we, we, oh, we love Deontay Johnson. This guy can win in man coverage. He can win in zone coverage. Pickens is this up and coming wide receiver on the outside. Great catch radius. What is, what does Kenny Pickett have to do? He doesn't have to do very much. He's just got to get well, the ball out. Anything. Yeah. He doesn't got, do yeah. any, he doesn't he do does anything. Do and in fairness, bro. Deontay is hurt. He's obviously not playing. I think right. the offense would be slightly better if he was out there uh, because they'd have somebody to get open. I mean, people de- like, no one liked what we had to say about George Pickens when we even like just dared to question like part of his skill set because we still liked Pickens, you know. <laughs> but sure. do you know that Pro Football Focus has him charted with zero out of eight contested catch uh, targets? He has caught zero of his wow. eight contested catch targets because you know what, buddy? If That's play, a surprise. If you don't really consistently separate, um, and you don't, and you're got to win a bunch of contested catches. I don't care how cool it looks when you do make them. It's a tough way to live, bro. And like, you know, there's a lot of variance in it. I don't think this is, I was tweeting with uh, John Ledyard about this. Who's, you know, was watched the Steelers forever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's not necessarily picket that this makes sense to, but even with like um, quarterback play is, a, is very like a, a big variable with these contested catch receivers. Cause you know, you got to place oh, yeah. it in the right area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta like, layer it to these guys in the right spot if you don't have good ball placement like what we, we talked about this with zach wilson like he was at least placing the ball to a point where his guys had a chance on it right uh which right that's a low bar but it's a bar that you know sometimes you gotta clear um i don't know yeah. man i i i just really regret the whole everything about the steelers <laughs> offense <laughs> we gassed up pat Fryermuth. we're like oh you oh. see him in the 10th round fire that pick off nope what terrible uh, yeah. pick Horrible. I have so many Pat Fryermuth regretful <laughs> teams out there. And another thing, like lesson learned on this, yeah, the offensive line was not fixed. Like this was a no. bad offensive yeah. line, and yeah. it's yeah. it's horrible this year. They're bottom five in any like run blocking, pass blocking metric you can find yeah. out there. They're right. completely overwhelmed. And then you know, a lot of people looked at it as like, well, they drafted a first round left tackle. Well, he was a developmental guy who's not playing. Like, you know, there there's questions about when is Broderick Jones even going to play? Right. Um, yeah. I I just Matt Canada's offense is awful and we were some of the first people to point that out. And for some reason <laughs> it's like 2019, 2020 versions of us should have been like, yo, no, wait. <laughs> don't don't wait. don't do it. <laughs> Um, okay, can we can we take a respective uh, take Mulligan here on Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay's offense? Um, we, I, I, I think everyone kind of sort of thought the Tampa Bay's offense was going to be non-functional. That Baker Mayfield wasn't it. That you know that maybe we'd even see Kyle Trask or something back there because Baker just sucks, right? Bro, can we talk about the play of Baker Mayfield though? Like for reals, like yeah. he has not been bad. He's been actually surprisingly dare I say surprisingly above average I'm not gonna go so far as say he's been great but dude he's playing above average right now I think he's actually helping this offense stay afloat and do some things that we weren't expecting when you just look at like efficiency metrics um adjusted yards per attempt Baker Mayfield is 10th um adjusted net yards per attempt which includes you know sacks he's eighth um su- passing success rate you know he's 15th yeah that's a little more closer to average but right. uh still just like pa- i mean qbr he's seventh right he's been good and it's not all <laughs> it's not just that baker's good 
uh i got a lot of, got a lot of thoughts actually on this one um some of which I actually aired out on the Yahoo podcast today. But I think the one thing I, I want to really say about this is that like, I think tanking culture and tanking, um, tanking culture is not the way to say it, but like the culture of NFL analysis that is like, are these teams tanking? Like, wow, they just signed mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and they're just rolling out Baker Mayfield. They're obviously tanking. I mean, that's so stupid. And like, I, I'm saying this is like, I'm guilty of it too, is that I talked about it like this because Look, Baker's not a good quarterback, but he's not a non-viable quarterback. It's not mm-hmm. as if this team is out there starting, I don't know, John Wolford, right, who they had in camp. Like, if they had cut Baker Mayfield in camp and were starting John Wolford, we can throw out the T word. But none of these teams are tanking, okay? Even the <laughs> Cardinals, right? The Cardinals, people are like, are the Cardinals tanking? <laughs> they're 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 slated to pick. I think it, remember when it was like, oh, the the, te- uh, the 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 Texans first round pick, the Cardinals. They could have the first two picks in the draft. Actually, the Bears have the first two picks in the draft, thanks yeah. to the Panthers. But right. um, th- th- that's b- the Cardinals are the ninth pick, I think, right now, and the Texans are around like thirteen or something like that. So these teams are not tanking. Signing Baker Mayfield is not a tank move. It's just a it's a band aid move. That's for yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, but this yeah, yeah. roster was good enough to have a band aid move. And like again, what I'm pissed at myself about is I, I'm a big Mike Evans guy. Mike Evans is is such a is such a dog. Uh, we've gone to bat for Mike Evans as a route runner. Yeah. You know, I've been right. a long time Chris Godwin guy, and I abandoned these dudes uh, just because like I'm not a, that big of a fan of Baker Mayfield, which I'm you know. <laughs> not that big of a fan. That's a little bit of an understatement, but, but to be fair, everyone had basically been like, all right, man, we, we've seen enough of Baker, man. It's, we know he's not good and he's probably going to tank this offense. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, I, it's funny you bring up Arizona. I, I would offer a slightly different variation of my views on Arizona. I think that they actively were trying to tank, but they didn't realize that Joshua Dobbs can actually play ball. You know what I'm saying? I That's disagree really, with that just because the I offensive think, coordinator, Drew Petzing, had uh, history with Dobbs from, from their time in Cleveland together. So, I mean, he must yeah, know he, Dobbs could play a little bit. I, I, there is obviously that. But, again, there's so, a lot of times there's this, like, dissonance, right, between the front office and the coaching staff, right? Sometimes True, the front office yeah. doesn't even care. I mean, look at what's happening in, let's say, like, Carolina, for example. It's like the front office clearly wanted Bryce Young. You cannot tell me you look at that coaching staff and that coaching staff was 100% on board with that. There's just no way. How do you not look at, at, at Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud? And, and then you look at Frank Reich and be like, wait, who does Frank Reich really want? Because yeah. I can't imagine he really wants Bryce Young. Like, why wouldn't he want this like tall, big, strong, you know, like prototypical pocket passer? That's what that's what CJ Stroud is. Anyways, I don't know. There's a there's obviously ownership a, a, a too. Owner, ownership, ownership has a obviously big, yeah, yeah. Look at what's happening in Cleveland, right? There's no way. As a matter of fact, Cleveland's multi-layered. Even it's like, why did you bring in DT? Why did you draft DTR? Working a mobile quarterback who's one of his strengths is his mobility to work with a play action, you know, head coach who really needs a guy under center. I, I just. There's obviously a dissonance between the the front office and and some of the coaching staff, but in Arizona, I felt like the front office, like, yeah, we'll just who cares? We we've got Joshua Dobbs. Who cares? It's like he he's not that good, and we'll tank, and it's fine, you know. But he ended up being uh, he's obviously a, a very much a viable NFL quarterback. He's been playing great uh, for him. Let me just say he's been playing great yeah. for him. For the no, expectations. He's like a, yeah, he's like a backup quarterback, and I think Baker Mayfield probably is like somewhere on the fringe of starter backup but I think another thing too and, and this um comes into like Geno Smith last year when we all made the same mistake with Geno oh. Smith right like oh my god we never Gino, learn right we never, never learn. learn yeah because <laughs> and people still do it with Jared Goff on a smaller scale but people still like yeah, ah, yeah, Jared yeah, Goff's yeah. not that good but right, like right we've seen Jared Goff have good games in the NFL and like good stretches and if the ecosystem's right and I think that's the thing is that Dave Canales the offensive coordinator came from Seattle to Tampa Bay this off uh, this off season has made a really good ecosystem here is designing things to, for, to do real well with Baker. And, you know, that was obviously an unknown. That was a risk, right? Mm -hmm. It's worked out in favor of, of, of Tampa Bay, but uh, that is one thing too. just look, these 
sometimes these guys can scheme it up, right? Like Ben Johnson, I think has schemed it up well for Jared and, but Jared's yes. better than these guys, right? Totally. He's, he's at a oh, different yeah. tier than, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. not maybe not Gino, but now, but like Gino then and, and Baker now, like I think, uh, golf Correct. is in a different grouping here, but these guys, the more they see, the more time they have in the league, like the brain catches up with the physical tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even if you had like golf, I think had, has a great arm, doesn't like he can't create out a structure, but like in structure, he knows so much of where everything is now. Like that is a big difference between him um, then and now. So totally agree. I think that's the perfect take on Jared Goff, man. Like, you know, I, they're, they're, they're doing things to help him out and he's doing a lot of things himself to help himself out too. the, the whole pre-snap reads and all that kind of man. It's, his, you're right. His brain has definitely caught up. And I think for Geno Smith in particular, I think the game has probably slowed down for him mm-hmm. uh, a bit. And someone did bring up a great point. It's like, who in the who in God's green earth was he throwing to when he was with the Jets? Right. I think that's probably a fair assessment of that situation, too. He probably didn't get great coaching. You know, it's like I think we can all look at that and say, yeah, he probably didn't get the best offensive coaching and he didn't have a lot of playmakers surrounding him either. But uh, but yeah, anyways, great to see uh, both of those guys doing well. But yeah, I I would just say uh, probably have to reevaluate what our thoughts were on Baker Mayfield and how we kind of almost double counted uh, Baker in terms of, you know, how we viewed then Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, we, I will take certainly a, a, a mulligan on, um, my thoughts on Baker Mayfield. All right, <clears throat> let's get to the mailbag here, uh, where we've got a lot of great questions. This, uh, first one is from, uh, Jay Brendan PC, uh, one of our longtime followers. Uh, he's been following us since our NFL network days. Uh, you guys willing to get the original crew back together for some hot takes. And I think he's referencing, uh, do you remember that time we had uh, on the old podcast where we had the, the hot takes episode? Yes. Yeah. The fire and take think, episode. Yeah. Right. And I think that was the one, that was the one, right. Where, where franchise was calling in literally from like the roof. <laughs> yes. And there was like an and- alarm going off. <laughs> There was like a fire truck literally yeah, yeah, going yeah. down the street. One of the best episodes we ever recorded. We were dying uh, in the studio there when we were doing that. Anyways, this is for the uh, the fantasy freaks and geeks. Um, yeah, Jay J- Brendan wants us to, to fire up the fantasy freaks and geeks again. He wants to fire up Danger Zone. My boy Adam Rank and I did a segment uh, talking about deep sleepers there. Uh, he says, uh, you guys are the OGs hands down. Thank you for making fantasy. Great. There's no question. In here. Oh, he just wants no, to know if we can get the original crew back together. Okay. Yeah. And I put, put this one on the dock cause I uh, wanted to give a shout out, obviously to you, Brandon and, and everybody who actually, uh, there was a lot of folks who made like references to the old days, uh, you know, and even Gelhar popped in there and said like, when are you guys going to learn the, uh, to appreciate the greatness that is hocus pocus, <laughs> you know, when we told him to get a life or franchise said, get a life. Yeah. That, right. Look, I, the answer to this question is probably uh, not because everybody yeah. has, is, is living their lives. Gelhar is, uh, you know, uh, doing lawyer stuff, public defender stuff up there in Wisconsin right. franchises, uh, a certified redneck in his new home in Maryland. I'm joking, but uh, that's a little inside joke between franchise and I, um, you know, Marcus has a big boy job at NFL at ranks, yep, got a big yep, boy yep. job at NFL and we're doing our yep, thing, yep. but I think yeah. it's always good. Always good to hear people still remember the old days, man. 
Yeah, it really was a super team uh, that we had back then, and uh, it was it was great. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that it all got broken up, man. But uh, but yeah, it was a it was a, a unique time in all of our lives, uh, and a lot a lot of fun. That's for sure. Uh, how about this? Is from Yinzer. Uh, what's the future of the Tampa Bay wide receiver room? I know it's in division, in division, but could a Tampa Bay player end up in Carolina? I'm thinking that Yinzer is asking whether or not Tampa could be a seller during the trade market, uh, during the trade deadline, and and could Godwin or, or Mike Evans or whatever be on the move there in Tampa Bay. It most likely would be Mike Evans, I would imagine, uh, if they're going to move anybody. <clears throat> but what are your thoughts there, Matt? Yeah, so there's, I think Jordan Schultz is the one who put this out. A lot of people actually reported this, but I think Schultz specifically said something yesterday that the Carolina Panthers want to trade for a wide receiver right? Um, because they, but not even just a wide receiver, you know, they're not trying to call up the, the bears for chase Claypool, I hope. <laughs> um, but they, they want a number one wide receiver for Bryce young to build around Bryce young and to double down for their love for Bryce young. I'm like, mm, okay, what did we talk about earlier in that Bryce young discussion with the Panthers and the coaches? Have? Okay, sure. Uh, but also, yeah. So I, when I was, I was posting about this yesterday and I got a lot of responses like, Oh, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, I'm like, yo, that's a preseason take pal. What did we just talk about with the, the bucks? They're, they're not like tearing it down. They're going to win. They might win this freaking division. You I, know, dude, um, I know it's insane. It's crazy. They, they, yeah. They might win this damn division <clears throat> and Mike Evans too. Like, Honestly, Mike Evans is a Bucks lifer. You know, he yeah, has been right. there for a long right. time. Um, I think you know he wanted to stay there. I think they probably wanted to see another year out of Mike Evans because it was like statistically it wasn't his best year um, in in twenty two. Now he's obviously a little banged up right now, hamstring injury that could slow things down. But I don't think they are trading either of these receivers at, at the deadline. Maybe uh, Mike Evans, if, if he got to free agency, could sign with the Panthers. But uh, right. in, in the, the deadline, no, um, I don't think so. <clears throat> I can't even, even, even if he got to that point, I don't imagine he would ever sign up to go to Carolina. All, all, I mean, they're so far away from contending. And you can't tell and me they that need Mike- a young guy. Yeah, they need a young guy, but and and at the end of the day, you can't tell me Mike Evans, who's one of the most competitive dudes out there, like he's he's definitely going to be thinking about a contender at some point here, um, if he were to sign somewhere. Anyways, uh, if you're looking, by the way, if you're looking for like replacement Mike Evans, if he does end up missing time, or if he wants to take you know his time coming back or whatever it is, Trey Palmer uh, played a season high seventy five percent of the snaps there against New Orleans. He's six feet tall, one hundred ninety five pounds, a raw player. Raw player, raw route runner, <clears throat> former five-star recruit. Um, in, interesting usage there in Tampa Bay too, by the way. 50-50 inside-outside player right now. Maybe it trails more to like 75-25 if he does need to fill in for Mike Evans. <clears throat> but again, raw athlete, but he ran a 4-3-3-40. He's a high school track star, man. He won four 200-meter titles. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, one of the most accomplished you know, uh, high school track athletes. Uh, from his state. So yeah, he's a six rounder rookie, right? Um, and he's third among time Tampa Bay wide receivers in routes run right now, well ahead of Devin Tompkins and Rake- Rakeem Jarrett. So <clears throat> if you're looking for a little bit of a Mike Evans potential replacement, and there's no clear cut answer as to right now as to whether or not Mike Evans is going to miss time. But if he does, this is a name, Trey Palmer, that you might be able to, to uh, keep in mind. All right. How about this from Rick Reese? 
someone just dropped JSN and redraft. Am I assuming for the, uh, I am assuming for the bye week that they dropped JSN and redraft. Uh, should I pick him up uh, hoping for a post buy uptick? Matt Harmon, what say you? Well, look, it's been a brutal run out for Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's averaging something like five yards a target. Um, he's, uh, you know, not in, really just not involved in this offense. It's really not a factor. You know, they try to design him touches and stuff, and it's just not really working out. So, um, like I mentioned, I've, I've charted out two weeks of Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Giants game and the Lions game. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. One, the Seahawks are playing a ton of two tight end sets, sometimes even three tight end sets. And a lot of that, I think, is because remember in week one, they lost both of their starting offensive tackles. Um, they are not they're trying to work around an issue right now. And by the way, this is what good coordinators do. You know, they they and which I think Shane Waldron is a great offensive coordinator as a probably a future as a head coach. Yep. Um He's working actively working around a problem right now and still winning games and the offense is still mildly successful and not hitting its ceiling, but mildly successful. So they're going to continue to do this right now, especially because they're running the ball really well with these two tight end sets, too. So that's a problem for JSN, who's obviously not going to get on the field over DK Metcalf and over Tyler Lockett. Another right. thing I've noticed at when when charting JSN, they've also got this guy, Jake Bobo. Uh, who is like a 25-year-old undrafted free agent. I think he's out oh of my UCLA. God. People love Bobo. It's so funny. And the team so, loves Bobo. Yes. Uh, he's. I think he ran like a 4-7 or something. Maybe even, Something outrageous. Yeah, something yeah. ridiculous. Dude, it might even be like a 4-9. A, a <laughs> no, come on. There's no. I got to look this up now. There's no way. I'm looking, I'm looking it up. Yeah, no, 4 <laughs> nine, nine, 40. What? Yeah. What? A no 4 way, nine, nine, 40. No way. Oh my god, a 49940, dude. We're talking Oh my lord. But you what? know what? Impossible. That's but crazy. you know what? This dude gets on the field a lot for the Seahawks and you want to know why? Trigger warning, trigger warning. I'm going to talk receiver blocking. Trigger warning. This guy blocks <laughs> his ass off out there. Man, so and and here's the deal. So oh my god. like in again, they're trying to run the ball right now. They're trying to protect. This guy is a pretty good blocker, so they're playing him a lot like tight to the line in the, yeah. in the slot. And that is costing JSN snaps as well. Cause let me tell you what JSN is not doing. He is not blocking. He is not fitting the run. He was never that guy, even at Ohio state, despite the fact he's like a big slot receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so all this to say, and, and by the way, then you can't just have Jake Bobo on the field for, for run plays. Cause then as a right. defensive coordinator, <clears throat> a you're going to, right. Yeah. yeah the, the quality control coach is going to be like, Hey, DC, anytime this Bobo cats on the field, they're running the ball. So then it's a tell. Right. So so he is actively this undrafted free agent guy who runs a four four a four nine nine is Insane. is taking snaps away from Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> that said, <laughs> that said, um yeah. JSN I do think has a really good feel for zone coverage. 81.5% success rate versus zone in the two games I've charted for him. I think yeah, he is good. still figuring out man coverage, um, specifically like on deeper routes, uh, some dig routes and stuff like that. But um, he shows some pretty good feel for some of the intermediate stuff. Uh, slant routes, he's, he's all right with. Um, I think things will get better in time with JSN. Remember, he missed a lot of time in in, um, in training camp with that wrist injury. Yeah. So that's another thing that, that's at play here. So I think it's a lot of outside factors with, with JSN, who I do still think looks like the player – 
not not great so far, but looks fine. And then there's this outside Jake Bobo and the tight end stuff. So yeah, lot like on her. I do think I want to have him on fantasy benches. I'm going to try not to drop him through the buys. Okay, gotcha. Um, in terms of where he lined up in college, <clears throat> is there is there a transitory transition phase him that we're we're giving him here in the NFL? Because right now he's lining up about eighty percent um, in the slot, right? Only 20% outside. So he's almost exclusively right now, a slot player. Is that something that's in line with what we saw from him at college or was he more of a 50, 50 outside inside guy? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking it up right now to get the exact numbers, but he was, uh, mostly a slot guy, um, in, in college, you know, he was, he was definitely in the slot almost exclusively. So you didn't get a lot of snaps of him outside cause he was playing with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Um, and then obviously his final year, he barely played and he got hurt. Now that's another thing too. He didn't play football a ton last year. So there's a, there's maybe mm-hmm. an adjustment period there. Um, yeah, all in told, I'm looking at it right now. He was in the slot on 82.8% of the snaps okay. that I sampled in his 2021 season. He was a behind the line of scrimmage player, 80.3%. And and here's the deal too. Like not only is all this happening, he still is going to, he's still sharing the receiver room with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf who are great right. players. So there's right. just a lot working against JSN where this is probably almost, almost certainly unless they just get these offensive tackles healthy. Um, and they're just rocking and rolling, like but at the end of the year, like yeah. throwing the piss out of the ball, which is is possible. Um, it might just take a minute for JSN. I felt like the the assumption that JSN would just ascend uh, in this passing offense had relied on on one one assumption, and it was a really bad assumption: is that JSN would be a bigger playmaker for the Seahawks than Tyler Lockett. Yeah, and bad assumption because. I think I it, it I don't know if anyone said that outright, but there's no Matt. There's no way you could have projected JSN as highly as some people were were projecting him without taking targets away from somewhere. And I didn't see a single soul take targets away or take ADP value away from DK Metcalf. Exactly. Right. We saw we saw Tyler Lockett fall in ADP. Right. So. What does that mean? The, the assumption had to have been there that JSN was going to take some work and some snaps and some targets away from Tyler Lockett. That's a bad assumption. That's a bad assumption. So just from a fantasy perspective, I never understood JSN's ADP. I was trying to tell people, I'm like, he's a great real life addition mm-hmm. to the Seattle Seahawks, but he's a completely like he's off my radar completely. Uh, for from the fantasy radar, unless we see an injury, you know. So then, of course, then there's some upside there. But but again, um, hard to bake in injuries at the wide receiver position. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you could honestly yeah. argue that him and Zach Charbonnet were luxury picks. Uh, Absolutely. By the way, both Metcalf and Lockett are are underperforming ADP in fantasy right now. But so it's just this offense. I think, like I said, they're problem solving in real time. Yeah, let's see what they're like when they're at full strength with. Bo- I mean, just dude, look at the damn Giants without Andrew Thomas. Like their offense is non-functional, right? At least the Seahawks are winning games and functioning. Well, I mean, I, I think the run game in New York probably doesn't that help them do very much. Yeah. <laughs> Losing one of the best players at that position uh, shockingly ends up not helping your team at all. So there you go. All right, this is from uh, Ethan Co. Um, in a slightly more fun vein. 
I think maybe this sort of question is actually just stressful. Uh, if you had to predict who the top 10 wide receivers would be three years from now, mm. what would that list look like? And you're obviously excluding incoming rookies here. What does that look like in three years? Yeah, yeah. He said no Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a follow-up tweet. <laughs> yeah, there so you go. right now, I think we talked about this, the top 10 receivers coming into this season. I had as Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, Tyler Lockett, and, and then D.K. Metcalf kind of tied at 10. I think right. that we could definitely say that you know, Devonte Adams in three years probably still won't be in the list. I think. I don't think so. Um, Diggs is a little questionable. Yeah. Uh, I think even. I mean, maybe Tyreek and and pro- definitely Cooper Cup and Terry McLaurin and Tyler Lockett. No. Uh, so yeah, I think right. the ones that would still be there are Justin Jefferson would be in the mix. Uh, yep. I think that Jamar Chase is going to be in the mix. AJ Brown yep. will still be in the mix. Uh, and, and then CD lamb. So that's four guys for my current top 10. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think contenders to join the list, definitely Devonte Smith for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chris Olave is a contender to join the list. Uh, if, dude, he might be there by like the end of the year. He's, I know he just had yeah. the one catch performance cause his quarterback shouldn't have been playing, but he's, he's right. on, he's a contender. Uh, I will probably be on my list by the end of this season. He'll yep. probably bump one of these Seahawks guys out. Um, so that's seven. I think Garrett Wilson can be on that list too. So yeah, then it leaves like two more spots that I think are are kind of the okay. questionable ones for me. So so just crossing off some of these names that you have listed here. Here's who we have left. Okay, um, DK Metcalf, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle. Uh, and then I'll throw in these other names that are a little bit more dark horse ish, but maybe, I don't know, maybe you feel some kind of way about it. Uh, Drake London, Michael Pittman, Puka Nakua, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. Zay Flowers, George Pickens, Nico Collins, and I'll just throw Marvin Mims in there because, my God, if this guy ever sees 30 routes, he's going for two bucks, okay? Because, like, he's just going nuts right now uh, on a per-snap basis. But whatever. We'll, well, he's more of a joke, so we'll, we'll take him out. That's fine. Sure. But, but DK Metcalf, Amon Ross St. Brown, I, I'm assuming, will, will be high contenders. But there's Jalen Waddle there as well. Uh, but, again, I, I don't know how you feel about Drake London, Pittman, Puka, Zay Flowers, Pickens. Where, where are we going here? Uh, Pickens, no. Uh, no, no, I don't okay. think so. Okay. I don't think we've seen okay. that from him just yet. I think, yeah, 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 dude. Let's let's get him to like consistent starter level. At there you this go. Point. Okay. Um, I think Nico. I, look, I'm open to Nico. Nico is playing like a top 15 receiver right now. I'm mm-hmm. open to him, but that still seems a little early. Okay, okay. Um, take him out. Okay. I think Drake London has the potential, uh, but you know, uh, he's he 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 and Pittman are kind of in the same group to me. Okay. Um, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown. He's the, he's the, my ninth guy, right? Cause I need to fill okay. a ninth spot. Okay. The reality is that some rookie in the next, th- like you're talking about the next three years coming in, will probably be the one to join this group uh, since we're talking about it. But I think Waddle is close, but I still feel like Waddle is like the 15th to 17th best receiver in the NFL is okay. probably where he tops out. So yeah, I mean Puka obviously, dude. Puka keeps us up. He's gonna be he's gonna be up here. <laughs> yeah, it's dude. crazy what he's Come and on, Zay Flowers Zay Flowers, I think 
of the not, of the round one re- rookie receivers this year has clearly, clearly looked the best. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, playmaking ability, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's winning everywhere. It's good stuff. Um, all right, so there you go. That's your top 10-ish. Top Ish. 10-ish. Uh, man versus life. Uh, we like to be early on stuff, and often you are more right than wrong. Gut feeling along with schedule and his elite quarterback. Is this the start of the Rasheed Rice being a flexible wide receiver, a flex or wide receiver three territory? Is this the beginning for the Rasheed Rice era in Kansas City. I just added that last part myself. Um, this is from Keone, the Bangers League, Port Orange, Florida. <laughs> Shout out to the Bangers League. Let's go. Shout out to the Bangers League. Um, okay, so schedule-wise, Matt, okay, uh, Kansas City has uh, Minnesota, Denver twice, oh. the Chargers, oh, boy, <laughs> and Miami over the next five games. So Minnesota, one of the worst secondaries, Chargers really struggling in the secondary. Denver's one of the worst uh, defenses, period, out there. And then Miami obviously wow. just got absolutely lit up by by Buffalo. So five great games on the docket here uh, for Kansas City. Is this the beginning for Rasheed Rice being a wide receiver three? Wow. Why do I feel like all of these what's wrong with the Chiefs uh, offense headlines might rapidly yeah, fall gonna away? <laughs> Yeah, with those these will, deep, oh will, my god, finish. bro! I can't even believe that schedule. That is crazy. Um, okay, so Rasheed Rice, I, I mentioned I'm going to have something up on him on the site. You know, one thing I will say for sure is, and I, I said this when it was published, and it was said a lot on the show. You know, he has a ridiculously bad reception perception profile from college, but mm-hmm. I was told that he played almost all of those games with like a foot injury. Um, so we can kind of just take that profile and just like put it to the side. I think it helps inform us a little bit, but not as drastically bad as what it was. Um, you know, that's just, that just is what it is. I think what we've seen from him in the NFL so far, look, he is really, really raw as a like man coverage route runner. That is uh-huh. so true. And and some of the plays you've seen him make have mostly been after the catch. And that's why, like when I see him after the catch again, two game sample here, he's been in space on 18.9% of his routes. He's broken at least one tackle on five of those seven attempts. Okay. So he's, okay. yeah, he can, he can make plays after the catch. So that's what tells me like, all right, he's healthy. He, he's he was clearly not healthy then he's healthy now, which is good to see. But a lot of it still has been like, Let's run Rasheed on like a quick hook route or just like a, a slant route, sit down and get him the ball right away. But that's it, you know, when we, and let's let him make plays after the catch. So still very raw there. I do think I've been impressed with his ability to win against zone coverage, which has been an issue for Sky Moore dating back okay. to uh, his rookie year. You know, he's not that good against zone coverage. It's been good for Rasheed Rice, 82.6% success rate versus zone in these two games I've looked at here. Now, he's got hands problems, too. He's dropped three passes in these two games. Uh, That's a problem. It's a problem for a lot of these guys right now. Uh, I do think he can make some plays. Uh, Do I think he's about to emerge as, like, a superstar? I'm not sure. I'd Really, what I'd like to see him, uh, and I know some people want him in a slot, and I think maybe he can make plays if you give him a free release after the catch. I still would like him working on, like, post routes and dig routes as an outside receiver. Uh, That I think, like, take – one of like Justin Ross or not Justin Ross, Justin Watson or um, yeah. MVS like off the field and get get this guy's like ability to run routes over the middle. That's where I've been most impressed with him. 18.9% of his routes have been 
uh, dig routes, 85.6% success rate. That's where I think I, I think he can bring the most value to the chiefs is in that role. Um, like I think sky more kind of sticks around as their slot receiver, uh, Rasheed Rice can move into the slot at times and then have, you know, Sky Moore as your flanker. Yep. I just, I just, they just really need like one X receiver in Kansas City. When none of these guys, I don't think, are going to be that. You know, it's funny. We're, we're so obsessed with like Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore and like, what are, what are these guys doing? It's like, what is MVS doing, bro? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So I would like to see Rasheed Rice take some snaps from those guys. Yeah. Um, overall, I've, I've actually been pretty impressed with him. So uh, do I think he'd be a consistent flex? He has to clear like 70% of the snaps. Nobody in Kansas City, the wide receiver room is clearing 70% of the snaps. Yeah, so exactly. I definitely think I'm endorsing like him as an ad. It's, you know, maybe you trade for him on the low in Dynasty or something like that. Uh, but I'm endorsing him as like that. But before, I'm not here to say he's like a routine wide receiver three every single week. No. All right, there you go. Uh, this is from Cavalier Domer. Uh, what types of defense, man, press, zone are the majority of NFL teams playing? Uh, and how does that impact trajectory of receivers? How drastically would you let those tendencies dictate start-sit decisions for borderline receivers? All right, um, I've got some information on that. Uh, so league average for man is actually just 26.5% of dropbacks. Right. So it's pretty low. Um, again, it's like we all know this, right, that the, the zone coverage right now is the predominant um, style of coverage in the NFL and has been for a long time. So league average for man coverage is twenty six point five percent of dropbacks. Cowboys Giants are actually one two in hmm. man coverage rates, 47 and 43 percent respectively. So even at like the very top end of the spectrum, Cowboys Giants. Uh, one and two, even both of those teams are still below 50% man coverage, right? Packers, Texans, bottom two. Packers are the worst at 13%. I shouldn't say worst, but yeah, they, they just, you know, uh, run man at the lowest rates. And then Texans run it at 14% respectively. So um, that's kind of sort of the breakdown. But Matt, I'll throw it to you in, in regards to, you know, how does that impact, you know, start sit decisions and how does that impact the trajectory of certain receivers? Well, I think that sometimes the like coverage versus man zones stuff can be a little noisy. Uh, I don't tend to put a ton of stock into it. Look, like I know there's this whole thing going around like, oh, Christian Kirk is only good against man coverage defenses. I'm like, all right, well, I don't know about that. I mean, he's he's just a good player. So he produces when the matchup goes his way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, probably pretty simple as that, honestly. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think – for some of this stuff, like I said, it, it can be a noisy. And one thing I would say too, and, and I'm not like questioning anybody's data set, these people collecting man zone data, it's, it's, it's good. But sometimes you'll get defenses where like one corner is lined man coverage with the, you know, number one receiver, but everybody else is, is facing like a soft zone on the other side. Or like a lot of times too, like, pattern match zone defenses end up turning into man coverage. Like, what do you chart that as? Uh -huh. uh, so right. it, it's a little tough to say, um, you know, especially like that's very prevalent on that one side of the field type of thing. Like if you're bracketing a corner on, or if you're bracketing a receiver on one side of the field, is that man, is that zone? What do you think? So uh, that's, that's all stuff to keep in mind here. Uh, and I don't typically let it dis necessarily make um, distinctions when it comes to like start sit stuff. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, you know, it's interesting <clears throat> in regards to player trajectory, though, I, I do feel like when I look through your historical data, first of all, I think there was just more of an emphasis on man coverage and and beating man. Let me put it to you this way. Even though the league average is 26.5%, we know that in football that one or two plays completely alters a game. Just one right. or two. That's all it takes, right? So if you've got a guy who is just one of the absolute best man beaters in the NFL, um, I tell you what, that 26% of the time they're seeing that man coverage, they're going to make a play. Yeah. Right? And, and by, those by are the, the way, times, yeah, go ahead. By the way, those times usually come in critical situations, like right. third down in the red zone. Um, Correct. So you, yeah, to, it just goes to bolster your point here. Um, but what, what I've found is that there are certain players that, um, and, and I still think that when you look at reception perception data, and I don't know if you still feel this way, uh, but it, it's the guys that can consistently beat man press coverage. Um, these are your, basically your elite players, uh, in the NFL, right? And yeah. the lower you get down on that list, the more murky it gets in terms of talent pool, right? But I will say, having gone through all of your data, there are certain guys that are just so exceptionally good at beating zone coverage that even though their man scores are not great, they're still great players. There's mm -hmm. two players in particular that really come to mind. One would, of course, be Cooper Cup, who is, again, uh, in 2022, had the second best success rate versus zone, historically has been a fantastic zone beater, but has also historically not been a great man beater. Now he's not been the worst guy in the whole world, but certainly just, you know, more average ish when we're talking about uh, man success rates. And then Debo Samuel, mm. Matt is, is, is certainly the guy that really comes to mind. Awesome zone beater fifth best in 2022 against zone coverage. But then your charting shows that he was 47th best against man coverage, which is obviously not very good at all, right? So, uh, but he's obviously still a great player because he's so good at beating zone coverage. Yeah, totally. Those are two really good examples. Um, and yeah, it's, by the way, it's not as if like his success rate versus man coverage score is zero. 
you know? Right, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> so right. Uh, that, that, that's one thing. It's not like, oh, he can't beat man coverage. He's just, that's not the strength of his game. But obviously good coaching, good, no, no coincidence that both the two guys we're talking about here play for two of the best offensive minds in the NFL. Ha! You put Great those point. guys in good situations. Great point. Great point. Um, all right, we move on. How about this from STL Elevate? ST Elevate. There you go. Uh, Bo, uh, what do you see as the likely career trajectory of Zay Flowers now that we've seen a small sample size against NFL competition? What do you see for Zay Flowers, Matt Harmon? Yeah, I think he could definitely be in the conversation for that, like maybe not top 10, but I think he can get up there like a top 20 receiver in the NFL, top 15 type of guy. Love the way he beats man coverage. Um, I think that he's been really good against zone coverage as well. Such an explosive player. And he's definitely, you know, um, <laughs> he's definitely on the just moves different scale. Right. So uh-huh. uh, I think I think his his career trajectory is really pointing up. Uh, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from him so far. So again, just a, I mean, again, we go back to that three-year example, right? So three years from now, you you can easily see him as a top fifteen wide receiver. Uh, what does he need mm-hmm. to do in your mind to actually then crack that like top ten, top eight? I think he needs to become like a Stefan Diggs type of route runner. Um, you know, like I've I compared him to Deontay Johnson coming into the draft. Now he's way more explosive than Deontay Johnson. And, right. and when he gets the ball, he actually runs upfield as opposed to, to, to our guy Deontay. <laughs> Shouldn't take shots at him. He's on IR, but still. Right, um, I hear what you're saying though. Yeah. I think that if he can beat coverage at like a high A tier level, uh, which I think he, he's shown the ability, like I'm just pulling up what he's done so far, you know, like he's been around 70% success rate versus man and 84.8% success rate versus zone. There's been some discouraging press reps, but uh, that was mostly against Denzel Ward in the Browns in week four. Okay. Uh, Denzel Ward's yeah. a great, great, great cornerback. So um, it was just even notable that the Browns had him kind of tracking him around the field a little bit, not a ton, not, not exclusively, but a little bit. Um, so I think if he becomes like a high tier route runner with his explosiveness after the catch, yeah, we're talking about a guy that could be a, you know, really get into that area. All right. So you're talking about success rate versus man coverage and you said around 70%, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So 70% would put him in 2022 would have put him around, uh, around top 20, just outside the top, uh, 25. Right. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, maybe something around like 29, 30. Right. In regards to success rate versus man cover. So that's a a pretty long way to go um, in terms of, okay, he's got to beat man coverage a little bit better. Uh, You said success rate around 85 percent for zone. That would put him really high up there. That really high. Yeah, yeah, really, really high up there. And we're talking, you know, uh, border, you know, just, you know, somewhere in the top five, as a matter of fact, in regards to 85 percent. So right now he's got that sort of, you know great zone beater, not great, uh, not great against man coverage type of guy. And when you have those kind of holes uh, in your game, maybe it will be a little bit difficult to crack that top 10, but such a great athlete, man. So, you know, uh, he, he just moves freaky boy. So like I could see him if he really dedicates himself to, to getting better at his craft, man, like because he's such a naturally great athlete, he can pick up certain things a lot faster than normal players. You know what I mean? So uh, that'll be certainly interesting. Uh, to see. All right. Last question here. And then, uh, and then we'll call it a show. What do you say? Um, all right. While charting Puka, you said the success rates match the production long-term is Robert Woods, the realistic expectation, or do you think he has a higher ceiling than Robert Woods? That is from Rob nine Oh six. 
Uh, I think he's got a higher ceiling than Robert Woods. Uh, do, do I think he 100% reaches it? Um, I don't. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But I think he's got an incredible ability to beat man coverage on like long developing crossing routes and corner uh, corner routes and and dig routes though especially like just that middle of the field stuff is so crucial in this offense. He's such a good fit there. Um, I think he's got a, probably a higher ceiling than Robert Woods, but um, you know that's like a really nice median projection for him but i think even I like again some of the stuff we've seen is better it, not, not better but it's just different than what robert woods did like that ability to line up outside and beat man coverage but also win like in those chunk like big chunk gains over the middle 100 that's that's not really robert woodsy stuff he was more like working out like outbreaking routes and like flat routes and stuff like that uh so i i do think there's a little bit of a difference there between the two players the great thing about Robert Woods was his versatility, I think. You know, the fact that he could play outside a little bit, but then if you needed him to line up inside, he could do that too. And I thought that like movable chess, he was that movable chess piece a little bit, right? For for Sean McVay's offense. And you need that, right? You need that in Sean McVay's offense. Um, but you're right. Um, I, 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 I didn't look up the, the, uh, the updated numbers, but even coming in um, to week number four, 80% of his receptions and 90% of his receiving yards um, all came for Puka Nakua all came while lined up outside, despite the fact that he had only been lining up outside about 60% of the time, right? So he's like a 60-40 guy um, was, is Puka Nakua right now, but almost all of the production that he has right now is while he is lined up outside. So it's kind of interesting uh, what his profile sort of looks like. Um, I don't know if you've got his man scores in front of you here. We're talking about Puka. But oh, when I you do. charted Robert Woods in 2021, 60% success rate versus man, which is obviously below league average, but 77% success rate versus zone, which is uh, slightly above league average. So not sure what the Puka scores look like right now, but I would imagine we're looking at a, a much higher success rate versus man score. Um, yeah, 80%. <laughs> Hey, let's go. Just two wow. games. It's just two games that that'll come down. But yeah, eighty percent in weeks one, week four. Okay. Um, so yeah, very very good. Uh, yeah, he he's been awesome, dude. He's he's. I, I think I wrote in the um, in season tracker like the 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 film the reception perception matches the production, which is uh, pretty crazy considering the production has been bonkers, bonkers. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Rice levels of just insanity. Ridiculous. Uh, I'm really, by the way, uh, it, it's interesting. I know we both live in the fantasy space and everyone right now is like wondering, oh man, what do I do with my Puka shares once that Cooper Cup comes back? And for me, I understand <laughs> they all, that. all from central Arkansas? That? Apparently, <laughs> apparently that's, yeah, I don't know why my accent went that way, but <laughs> okay, we, we go. Anyways, but no, it, it's like... Um, I understand that idea, Matt, but you know what I'm actually really excited to see is this Rams offense with two legit viable receivers, you know, right. like they've gotten by with, with Cooper cup, just being a, a stud, you know, for the past couple of seasons or past few seasons or whatever it might be. But now they've got a real viable guy that could play outside for him and produce. <laughs> right. So yep. like that to me, and you mix that in with Sean McVay and, and I, the, the hip injury for Stafford concerns me a little bit, but for like, you yeah. know, again, if he's relatively right, even if he's like 80% of Stafford mixing with those two guys, man, that's exciting. 
That is exciting stuff. This Rams offense could really, really put the hurt on some teams, man. Like, I'm so excited. I'm actually excited to see what this offense looks like with those two guys uh, running out there for the Rams. Yeah, me too. And I think this offense has been so much more viable than probably people thought. Uh, oh, 100%. Because, because of Puka, mostly, honestly. I mean, yes. people didn't think, people thought, like, oh, we should, we should we be interested in Van Jefferson is like a, you know, because he's going to fall into volume. It's like, well, now they have like a dude that's earning volume, you know, like in Puka. So, uh, yeah, all, all systems up, uh, all systems go for this Rams offense, including uh, Puka and Cooper Cup when he gets back. I mean, if he gets back, we'll see with this whole uh, hamstring injury. At least he's, they got him off the injury report right to practice, or they've got him off the, the P or IR to practice. So, I hope it I hope it works out because I do want to see both these guys together. Sean McVay has to be in the conversation, obviously, early season uh for coach of the year right now because they're absolutely out kicking expectations. They're they're doing some great things right now. By the way, uh the reason he one of the reasons he's a candidate, because he's made two two out well a thing. Like two two out well with Sean McVay is actually doing things, which I'm just like stunned by, you know, like good for you, Sean McVay to figure out a way to get some kind of production out of, you know, freaking Adam weight, uh, two, Atwell. Unbelievable stuff. We're seeing here. I I am really curious actually what Tutu's role looks like when, uh, Cooper cup gets back because uh, look, take all the likes for Jefferson and, and, um, and Tutu, you can mostly take like, where do they line up? data and throw in the trash because they use tutu on so much of the like full speed motion stuff yeah so like is he is he ever really on the line as an x receiver like no no way um so he's actually been kind of a slack guy like where does cooper cup mix in when it comes to these guys like does van jefferson leave the field does tutu atwell leave the field like do they still continue to use tutu in these like full speed motion stuff um that i I think think will be i think van jefferson's kind of sort of done you know, maybe, maybe yeah, they throw him. Oh, I don't know, man, because he can still like, I look, he's had drop issues and stuff, but he can still line up on the line of scrimmage and like stack, you know, defenders in the vertical game. So he probably, I don't think he's done, done, but I think those two guys will like go off and on the field, right? When they want to line yeah. up just yeah, traditional yeah, yeah. three receiver sets, I think they probably have like Van at X, Puka at Z and uh, Cooper cup at slot, but then there will be other times when like they condense formations and they do the full speed motion stuff and it'll right. be Puka at X cup at flanker. And, and you know, at two, two will be either when, and wherever the ball is snapped, either he's outside, he's inside depend. That's where he'll get charted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I meant done is in terms of like, he's done as like a, a viable, fantasy guy oh you know yeah, what I'm totally. he's, he's but i think tutu will be done when cup is back too like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he'll, well, he'll have there, games where he catches like two for yeah. 80 you know stuff like that but <laughs> he might catch one he might catch one but have like you know 60 total yards because he took a fly sweep 40 yards or whatever it is you know uh but yeah no i think they're going to cannibalize each other's production from a statistical standpoint uh but certainly gives you movable chess pieces i think um all the way around uh by the way Again, Van Jefferson, you know, blocking wide receiver. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's going to get out there and do some blocking. That's true. Kyron Williams playing well right now, playing good football. Okay. Between an offense, uh, you know, uh, with an offensive line that's not supposed to be very good. Okay. I'm just saying all the guys, they're, they're picking up the pieces here. Okay. So, uh, so that stuff does matter and it, it is important. So anyways, there before, before we go, can I say yeah. one thing on Calvin Ridley? Cause we got a ton of Calvin Ridley questions. Sure. Sure. And we didn't t- I know we got a bunch of I, my panic level, James. You can tell me if I'm wrong about this. My panic level on Calvin Ridley remains like zero. 
Um, well, I can't be. It can't be zero. Come on, dude. Yes, he hasn't played. Uh, why he hasn't? He's he's done nothing for ten quarters. Why it can't be zero? Because okay, well he's done nothing in the box score, and I get okay. that. But yeah. I'm just saying, like the role they have him in. I mean, he was he was legitimately fantastic all the way through week one. Again, I don't care about the stat sheet. I'm just talking about how he performed and how he played. He was a huge part of that game plan. Hundred um, percent. Then last week against the Falcons. He was not a huge part of the game plan because, or if he was going into it, he wasn't because the Falcons, who obviously know Calvin Ridley really well, they right. have they have AJ Terrell track him around the field in certain situations, not all, but certain situations they would double him, you know. And look, what good teams and good quarterbacks do is they're not like, oh shoot, I gotta force it to Calvin Ridley anyways. You take the, the matchups, you take what's given to you, you take Christian Kirk, you take Evan Ingram, and that's exactly what Trevor Lawrence did. Um, that's not going to be the case every single week, you know. And by the way, he still scored you a touchdown. If you played him in fantasy, like, yeah. you can't complain because he scored you a touchdown anyways. <laughs> That's right. Despite the he fact got you that you double digits, happened. yeah, yeah. yeah he got so you double zip digits. it, all right. Um, <laughs> bunch of targets in the two games in between there. Uh, just a little, you know, miscues didn't connect some drops. The drops, yeah, I don't drops. that I definitely don't care about. Like it's not sticky right. long term. I think Jacksonville uh, has a role for him. I think he's been good in that individual role and was literally fantastic. Like in week one, it, it, you can do anything with a player in four game sample sizes and be like, ah, yeah, this is tough. But I think <laughs> then there will be other four game sample sizes where Calvin Ridley has three Blows out up. of four good games instead right. of one out of four or yeah. one and a half out of four. I do think his time, to your point, I do think his time is coming. Although I'm not as bullish as you because just watching him play, I'm like, is he locked in right now? Like there are times when I'm just like, I don't know if he's locked in, you know, he doesn't seem, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's kind of, maybe that's a narrative thing. I don't know. I do think he looked more explosive in week one than he's looked the last two weeks, but that can just be like, maybe he's dealing with a minor injury. That's not on the injury report and stuff like that. Okay. Well, Maybe. there you go. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm just, it's hard to see him from week one and then see him the last three weeks and say it's the same guy. That's just, that's my only thing. Uh, so, you know, panic meter or whatever you want to call it. It's just kind of like, I feel a little uneasy that he doesn't look like that explosive at, like he was looking so nice in yeah, week one, it's true. Where you're just like he doesn't look quite that level the last three weeks, right? So that's my only reason where I'm like, eh, okay, that's a little that's a little disconcerting. So I'm not I'm not full on like oh he sucks, but at the same time I'm I'm kind of my my eyebrow is raised. Let me just put it to you that way, right? So I'm not fully out on Calvin Ridley. I do I agree with you that I think that better days are ahead and that he will certainly there's going to be a week here shortly where he has a blow up game you could just you could feel it it's coming yeah you know what i'm saying right. a blow up game is coming for calvin ridley um it, hell it might even be this week i don't know but we'll find out anyways um I, the only you know I, it's like we i feel like we talk about calvin ridley every show that's why i was like ah, i see a lot of calvin ridley questions but ah, maybe we just but you know what it, it's it's to your point though it's it's good that we talk about it because I, I know he did come out gangbusters and has been, you know, struggling the last from a statistical standpoint, uh, the last three weeks. Although I would again, love to not talk about it every show, but people ask 
talking about it every show. <laughs> yes. For the most part, uh, for the most yeah. part, the rule the rule is the rule here, and and it's that we do not freak out about verifiably great receivers that are seeing volume. And Calvin Ridley, I think, remains a verifiably great receiver that's seeing volume in a good offense. That you know, not a perfect offense. They've got to figure right. some issues out, but oh, still, sure. I'm, I yeah, not not too concerned about it. All right, there you go. That's the show, baby. If you stuck around this long, we definitely appreciate y'all. If you guys would share our podcast with friends and family, that would be awesome. Hit that subscribe. Uh, rate the podcast if you get the opportunity as well. But we got to roll, man. We got we got to get up on out of here. Uh, for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. Remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right, peace. <laughs>